Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are on this wonderful planet we are living on today. We are back. We're back. Episode seven. Wow. Lucky number seven, Mickey Mantle. Yep. Ready. I love that. Um, Thank you all for joining us. We are so excited and extremely pumped on the views that we've been seeing um, and the interaction from you guys. It's been amazing. Feedback has only continued to help us build this platform to be more applicable to each and every one of you. So on behalf of the Smackcasters, thank you so, so much. Very much appreciative. Um, we're going to jump right in. we got a jam-packed episode today. A little different for us, um, but kind of cool because I think it's appropriate for us to, um, to jump in. So just to bring you through a little agenda for this lovely podcast... We're going to talk about marriage today. This is touchy, but it's going to be from perspective of a newlywed being myself and a more tenure wed on Been the Michael in the game. Side. You have. Been in the game. And um, then we're going to jump into communication. And this could be applicable for marriage, but also in life. Um, children and parenting, which I'm really excited for. We've already talked about this. I don't need to talk Mike and Mel up any more than we already do, but I will continue to do so. I'm looking forward to hearing his perspective. And then last but not least, we're going to round this up with some stress. The Um, most untalked about topic of marriage, I think. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great, great episode. So welcome. Episode 7. The Smackcasters, thank you so, so much for joining us today. And if you don't remember, if you made it to the last episode, episode six, we said we were going to start the podcast with this beautiful quote by Mr. Robin Williams. And it goes like this. You're only given one little spark of madness. You mustn't lose it. It's deep. Real deep. Yeah. What does that mean to you? I think a very big part of that. I'm going to open my phone again so I can look at it while I say this so I don't mess this up. But I think that in every person, there's uniqueness to their persona, mm-hmm. whether that's viewed as madness or just their type of personality. I think that the art, the artist or the art form side of a human being is their madness. You've got a lot of different types of personalities that are congealed into one in many, many scenarios, right? Like we talk about music a lot. We talk about art. We talk about sales. We talk about life. And I feel like that's the madness that Robin Williams was talking about is like you're given that madness, whether it's a very small amount or whether it's a large amount, you just can't lose that piece of, of, dare I say, solidarity to identifying your own madness and applying it to your everyday life. Mm. I know that was kind of a lot, but I tend to do that. What about you? No, no, no. I took it as um, everyone has their small spark of madness. I took it more of a passion Mm. kind of thing. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone has their small spark of passion. Yeah. You must not lose it. Yeah. You know, because what do we always hear if you lose that spark? Yeah, true. Where does it all go from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, too, that's... that's. You're so much better with words than me. Uh, I think that the 
the idea of what I'm what I'm getting at with that bits and pieces of life is that madness, so to speak, right? That's the that's the truth behind what makes you such a beautiful person, you know, whether it's you know me talking to you or our listeners. That little spark of madness, that spark of, of, of life bringing it down into making you who you are and what you love. And it's, you know, you exude that when you when you talk to somebody or, you know, they see you're in your your example of it being a passion or or your ability to make things beautiful when you're putting that into into real life. Yeah. Right? I think once and that's to your point, once you lose that, things start to get real crazy yeah then they just kind of turns chaotic almost yeah and i mean that can be applied to what we're going to talk about today for sure yeah um so uh to our listeners we really would love to hear from you on on what your thoughts of that are and there will be again there will be that email the smackcast at gmail.com in the description below and please follow Share the heck out of this podcast. We're really trying to reach the masses here, and it's all because of you guys. We continue to do this, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts every single time we watch the ticks and the plays go up. It's just super, super cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. super cool. So, thoughts. We're going to jump in to the why or why nots of marriage. Yeah. And I don't think... To tell to, to speak the truth, I don't think that marriage should should be for everyone if it's not. There's a lot to unpack there. But I, I don't there's a lot of friends of mine that have gone through life that chose not to get married because of who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. Not because they are a player or a playette, um, or because they might not be somebody who enjoys the aspect of marriage as a whole from a perceptive type of a way for me it was absolutely something that was imminent for me when i met rachel i just knew from the moment i'm like this is the person yeah for me yeah there are plenty of people out there though that have that person yeah just choose not to get married Mm -hmm. Um, for whatever reason that's how i want to start it so i'll let you take over for a few but that's kind of my initial drop on this topic yeah so I knew at a very young age um, that marriage was a thing for me. You know, should I find the right person? Um, And I feel like I found that right person very early. Yeah. You know, I knew, shoot, when I was 15, you know? Yeah. She just didn't know it yet. Yeah. But I was like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. This 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 is the one. She's the one. Yes, you guys met when you were 15. 15, 16, yeah, yeah high school. And see, that's the type of stuff that like literally fairy tales are made of. No no, uh, no pun intended on the plug. My new song, Fairy Tale. Um, but literally, though, if you think about it, that's really what some, some fairy tales are made on that. Like yeah. if you think about it, right? You guys have known each other since you were kids. Yeah. And have seen the grow up. Yeah. To, can you can you walk us through that very first moment um, when you met Mel, and like what your feelings were? And this is going to definitely go on the the marriage should part. Yeah, it's definitely a marriage should should part. Um, 
So we met when we were in high school, and when I first met her, we were at the YMCA. Yeah. And I was playing basketball. That's where I'd go after school. And she was there working out on the elliptical, I think it was. And the way the YMCA was set up, so you had the indoor court and then you had the net around it, so you didn't have to go chase the basketballs down. And then right on the other side of the net were the ellipticals. So she was there, and of course me being 15, 16-year-old kid, you know, I'm shooting hoops, and I see this girl there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she's kind of... yeah. She's kind of cute, yeah. sweating a little bit, looking really good in her workout gear. Love that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and play extra harder now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get a little sweat going myself. Get a little sweat going. Well, I was probably just out there looking like a fool. Nah, bro. Hey, listen, by the way, uh, to all the listeners out there, Mike, uh, we talked about Mike being a sweat. Mike is a sweat at basketball, too. We play around the world, and he just goes and runs around the world in circles of myself. I can't keep up. So anyway. Keep going. So we're playing, <clears throat> and I notice her. I'm not sure if she really notices me or not, but I very much notice her. Um, and this goes on for a few days, and I approach her because days later we wound up seeing each other at school, and um, I can't remember if I gave her my number or she gave me her number. In some capacity, numbers were exchanged. Yeah. Um, and then communication started then. Um, but we had the same government class together. Ooh. I sat right behind her. And, um, you know, continued to talk, pass little notes, Aww. all these things. Um, she probably only knew me as this punk kid from the YMCA who's in her class who falls asleep every day. In government class. Like, I mean, I was out. <laughs> um, yeah. If it wasn't for her, I did not stand a chance. Um, Mike showed up for Mel. Yes. Um, and that was it, man. We wound up having a few more classes together and met her friends, which are now been my friends for many, 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 many years. And some we don't really talk to as much and some that we're still very much, you know, in communications with. And um, I think I asked her to prom our junior year. Wow. Yeah. Was it an immediate yes? No. No. No, no. Um, I think it was one of those where if she was still available. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like how you see in movies where, you know, two kids grow up like each other and they're like, Man, if by 30 we're not married, we're just going to get married to each other type thing. Yep. So very much same situation. So we want to go into prom, and it was awesome. And after prom, we followed each other to college and Damn. throughout the time there. Yeah. After we graduated, we moved to Mississippi for whatever reason. You know, I don't think anyone really goes to Mississippi on purpose. <laughs> um but we went there and you know that's where our adulthood really started so it was really good kind of allowed us to rely on each other at a very young age away from family and yeah you know enjoy the highs and lows and you guys both had and this is definitely not an airing laundry thing 
but the, it's interesting because you both had um, childhoods that were were in and of itself very much the same but different. Mm-hmm. In some of the we talked about the t- trials and tribulations in life, right? But you guys, you went through it as yeah. kids, and um, you both were there for each other at such a young age too that like there was so much growth probably pretty quick for yeah. you both as as kids growing up into adults very quickly yeah you know and you're both extremely mature people you know well i i feel like i i get that from her yeah um that's kind of that's kind of that's the framework yeah you know? well it's because see she she was forced to grow up early right right um Luckily for her, she had a very, very strong mother guiding her, mm. right? Um, whereas I had a very strong grandmother guiding me. Yeah. Very passionate grandfather. She had a very passionate um, father, David. Yep. So, David. Yep. Her parents are great, man. Yeah, they really are. So, you know, the stuff she went through... And the family went through, kind of forced her to grow up older, yeah, um, faster. I mean, and um, very mature for her age throughout high school, throughout college, um, and even now. So, I feel like a lot of time I'm just playing catch up to her. You know, just want to be a model of who she is mm. on my side, making me blush, dude. Yeah, man. Damn. You know, sweet. Did you? And now the 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 stereotypical butterflies and the feeling of when you know you know you Mm -hmm. hear that a lot right yeah do you feel that you had that when you first met or was it like something where you kind of grew to be that um no it was definitely very much there um because i felt like i was always chasing her and you know am i gonna be good enough to be the person that stands by her side right you know so the butterflies are definitely there. Um, I mean, they're 15 years later, 15, 16 years later, we're, I mean, 20 years later, as far as friendship. Yeah. You know, I still get that. Yeah. You oh. know, on, on days where we might go out, even though it's to dinner or to a movie or wherever. Yeah. I always get anxious. Right. You know, because it's almost like, man. The date. How am I going to date? Yeah. Like, what can I do to yeah. to date her tonight? We're going to talk about this more, too, because I feel like this is a very important thing. Yeah. In relationships. Yeah. Um, well, that's cute, man. Um, okay. So, 15 years later, when you guys hang out and it's just you guys, do you ever look at her and get completely speechless? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I stare at her all the time. And she's <laughs> always like, what are you looking at? Yeah. Or, Stop being weird. <laughs> oh, cute. You know, I just yeah. kind of catch myself just kind of staring, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, not really like a, not ever really on the level of, like, I got her. Like, right. I still got her. Yeah. More so like, man, I get to have her. Yeah. So. What was that quote that you had, you, right before we started this, you, you said something about, um... I'll let you read it because I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it, but it was actually really nice. Yeah. So um, this is from. I don't know if you've heard this author before. It's from Unknown. 
Oh, uh, yeah, very popular yeah. author. I don't know if you've heard of them. Warner, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, shout outs, unknown, unknown. Yeah, shout out. Uh, the quote goes A good marriage is one where each partner secretly suspects they got the better deal. Mm. Still business. I love that. And I was just making a good old joke that sometimes I'm just like, Yeah, no, nah, I think Rachel got the shit end of the stick on this. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, look, I think. I think at the end of the day too, right? It's it's uh it's humbling to know that that we both have such incredibly special people in our lives, you know? Yeah. I Which like who I mean, without them who even knows? True. You know? Yep, it's exactly right. Um Yeah, cuz I mean, Rachel and I met very unorthodox. Um I you know, I'd been through some relationship stuff as everybody does, right? throughout life and uh, I've, I'm like we've already discovered this listeners so you don't make fun of me for this one but I'm a sap and I'm a softy and you know I fall pretty hard I've always been that way and so you know of course your boy got played a little bit maybe he dated some folks he probably shouldn't have but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't and so I downloaded tinder and I'll never forget I'm sitting on my couch in the apartment with Nick and his brother Scott shout outs Nick he just moved to North Carolina by the way Yep, shut up. Um, and I remember downloading the app and Rachel came across my phone. And I just remember looking at my phone and I showed Nick, Rachel, and I was like, man, we matched. I'm going to marry this girl. I remember saying that out loud and showed it to Nick. And if you ask Nick, he'll tell you. I forget what movie we were watching, but we were watching a movie. It might have actually been a fail army reel because we used to watch that stuff all the time, like on repeat. Um, shout out to fail army. But um, I, I, I said it the minute we matched. I was like, man, this is going to be the girl I marry. Here we are. Love that. You know, eight and some months later, married. Um, I'll never forget the first date we went on <laughs> at a hookah bar. And uh, <laughs> in Manchester, Justin and I played a lot. We, we played a ton of bars, and we knew a lot of folks in the area because, of course, in order for us to be able to continue to play bars, we had to make connections with just about everybody to continue to sustain, you know, obviously playing. And, and Justin and I made a great duo, man. Like, we could connect three years later, and it would sound like we didn't miss a day. Um, so it was always a blast. And I remember our first date, we were at the hookah bar called Karma Hookah Lounge, which is no longer in business, kind of sad. But we walked in there and everybody knew who I was from just me frequenting the place and embarrassing slightly, but also kind of cool because felt like I was at home with friends. And um, Rachel walks in and she was uber embarrassed right away. She's like, oh, no, please don't. Please don't ask him how we met. Please don't ask him how we met. Because, I mean, look, like, Tinder was a hookup app. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Like, that's what it was, right? Uh, still is a thing. Still is, yeah. I mean, you got all these dating apps that are, you know, you can either go play the slow game or you can go real fast. Um, there is an app now that once you link up and you proceed with this person, the app automatically deletes itself. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is kind of cool, though. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Shout out to whatever app that is. Unknown. Yeah. Um, I love that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, here we are, man. It's it's been, It was the first time I ever met Rachel in person. I was 
completely and utterly speechless. I was like, oh. I was like, I don't know if she's going to like me the same way. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm uh, batting way above my belt here, so uh, weight class is a little different. Um, but, I mean, dude, talk about, like, you, mean, you talk about Mel being the person who you aspire to to be like, right? You know, the first time we were ever out in public outside of our first date, we walked through Best Buy doors. Uh, we were going to shop for something. And um, she opened the door... Uh, and there was a guy struggling to get his TV out of the car. We'd known each other maybe two weeks, three weeks at this point. She runs over to this guy, no idea who he is, could have been a mass murderer for all we know, helps him unload the TV, then walks the TV back inside of Best Buy, helping this guy who she has no idea who he is, get this heavy TV in basically by herself. She plays rugby, by the way. She played rugby, so she was pretty tough, tough as nails. And I just remember saying, I'm like, golly, man, like, uh, okay, like, this is who, this is who it is. Like, this is beautiful, you know? Somebody with as much compassion and empathy as, as Rachel, you know? She's just an all-around wonderful person with such a humongous heart. And, you know, that's, like, to your description of how you aspire to be like Mel and like how you want to, you know, be as grown up and as adult as she is, you know, like this was the same realization for me. It's like, damn, dude, like, like that's tough, man. Like that's, that's really beautiful, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Love that. JNR. You, here we are years later. That's it, dude. October, 2023. This is the married date. Love that. This is a big year, dude. Ten years together and a year married when uh, when we hit December. Yeah. It's a long That's time. That's wild, dude. <laughs> That's freaking wild. <laughs> like you said, it's a lot of uh, growing up together. Yeah. It really is. And I mean, like, and look, like, not everybody's story is going to be that way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason why we're saying, bringing this up, right, there are, there's other sides of it where I have a very close friend of mine who will never get married because that's just who he is. Yeah. He doesn't want to go that route because he... He's happy not being in that situation. And it's not mm-hmm. because he disagrees with marriage. He's just a he's just a free spirit. He just enjoys being by him by himself and being his person. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that um who are unmarried um but have hopes to get married. Right. But they're just waiting. Yeah. Waiting for the right one. They don't want to make um a poor decision or make a decision because something happened yep. and then the result is to get married. Yep. Um, but you know, everyone's situation is different. Like you said, or we're going to have plenty of listeners on here who are the same yep. as kind of what we went through. And there's going to be some that are completely different, Very which much so. I think either way is beautiful because it's somebody's life story. Yeah. You know? Yep. I love that. Yeah. And you know, segueing into the next part of this is communication. Mm -hmm. And, you know, regardless of whether you are either never getting married, but you're dating somebody and you guys are going to be life partners, which is very common, Mm -hmm. you know, that communications piece. And this is where (laughs) you guys have helped me exponentially and and as well as Rachel. And, you know, we've got a lot of close friends that are, 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 I don't want to say a lot of close, but we've got some really close friends that are, are always willing to be there to offer advice that have had 
more experience with this. My parents, of course, but outside of that in the friend circle. So like, I guess for you, when you guys ventured off into, we'll, say, we'll call it five years in, so you're now 20 years old, 21, we'll call it, mm-hmm. together. Not present day, fast forwarding five years from when they met. When was like that first, and it was probably earlier, but like at that point, five years is really solid. You're in college, probably getting close to getting out. Mm-hmm. What were your biggest hurdles with communication, would you say? Um, well, when we were 20 or 21, um, we were either graduating or getting ready to graduate. Right. Um, so by then, it was better than what it was. Yep. Um, but then you have to throw in the aspect of college in there. Right. So if we pass that and start thinking about the time once we got married, then at that point we were in Mississippi, just her and I. So, right. you know, we relied on each other pretty heavily. So um, communication was solid. Of course, it can always get better. Um, it always something that I struggle with is, Same. and I still struggle with, is communicating how I'm feeling, my thoughts. Yeah. Um, for so long, I kept so much from her because I didn't want to upset her or whatever it was without realizing this is my life partner. Right. I have to say what I mean and mean what I say, regardless of how it makes anybody feel. Right. Um, and she would feel the same way because it is my feelings just as I would want her to say whatever she's thinking. Um, so, I mean, nowhere to this point is, is it perfect. Right, you know, I don't no feel way. like you can ever be perfect when it comes to communicating. Yeah. If um, it's perfect, though, let's call that out. If it's perfect and it seems to be perfect, something's not right. Right. Yeah. And I would say just in the topic as far as marriage, it's always, or even if you're just dating. Yeah. You know, and you're thinking about getting married or you've just met the person. Um, it's always good to over communicate. Yeah. Then barely communicate at all. Rachel found that out with me very early on. I talk every, you know that. I have to be reassured. Mm-hmm. That is very much so a communication thing and an error on my front. But like over communication is key yeah. in, in many in many situations. For sure. You know? Yeah. What, like what was the hardest, if you can call one scenario, it doesn't have to be specifics, but like one scenario for you that you remember that was just like, holy crap, Mike, this is going to be a hard one to talk, but I need to do it. I need to talk it out. Um, I would say when I lost my first job right out of college. Yeah. Worked at a university. Mm, this is key. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it was first job out. We're married. Um, we had a child then. Wow. So Kaden was one. Kaden. Yep. And I had lost my job at the university I was looking, I was working for. And I was just like, man, how is this going to go? How am I going to talk? It was more so like, how am I going to talk through this? Right. As opposed to how am I just going to let her know what happened? Because there's some form of, of worry of letdown. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, especially when you're, you're striving to be like somebody right. that you admire. 
you know, yeah. just to let them down is just gut-wrenching. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. Um, which I don't really remember what the result of that was, but shortly after that is when we left the great state. Mississippi. 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 To come to the Carolinas. Mm. And you, did you go Carolinas to Orlando or, or Orlando first? No, we went from Mississippi to Maryland for a short time to be back home yeah. with the family. And then from there, came to North Carolina. North Cackalack. That's it. I love that. I think, oh, just hit my mic stand. What about um, for you, though? Um, yeah, let's not let's not roll past that. Yeah. Uh, I think... One of the things that, that was hard for, for me when we first were learning each other, I guess, if that's the right way to put it. We had, I had a job, op- job opportunity, and this was early on. This was about six months in. I had a job opportunity come up. Job opportunity. It's a job opportunity, Justin. Nice job. J-O-B. So J-O-B. early day. That's right. J-O-B, not J-O-P. Yep. Um, to move to California. Yeah. And we were six months in. Yep. Never lived together prior to, Right. This was, this was a risk. Yeah. You <laughs> we, thought about going ahead and just taking the big set right away. We were like, we were just like, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? Um, a lot. Uh, but we were just kind of like, <laughs> we were just together. We sat down and we talked about it. And I said, hey, babe, listen, I got an opportunity, which could be, you know, really, you know, career changing for us. Right. Shout out my boy, Ron. Um, he came to me and said, hey, man, I got an opportunity here in California. I would love to move you here. And, excuse me, and 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 hire you at the company that I'm at, and and you know we'll obviously help you move and all that. So we were about three months into our relationship when I presented this to her, and it was for me, dude. I shoot off the cuff for sure. Like I don't prep <laughs> for conversations. You just go as, for it as much as I should. Yeah, but like, see, that's the thing. It's like, and and I think the listeners have figured this out as I ramble a lot, so I apologize. But um. And I'm not amazing with my words. That's the part for me that I, I'm trying to get better at is is ex- not explaining myself as much, but just giving my words the chance to breathe rather than trying to explain what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, ha- conversing more. And and Rachel being, you know, as sweet as she was and is, we uh, we were sitting down. No, I'll never forget this. We were sitting down in her bedroom upstairs on the bed, and I was like, hey, I got presented with this job. Ronnie wants to move me out to California, and I'd love for you to come with. And I remember her sitting there thinking for a second, and she's I could see the gears turning of maybe she wanted to say no. And understandably so. We just started dating. But then she was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, that'd be cool shit chance to move to san francisco and you know so we, we did we, we chatted it out but it was hard for me to be able to i don't want to come across like i was trying to persuade anybody or make it sound better than it was like i was like hey look like this may be a struggle <laughs> which it did turn out to be a struggle but in a in a very beautiful way um i'd say that was probably the first hard conversation her and i had um that went very well um, I sound surprised, but it was because, I mean, how would you react to that? You know, yep. being together for three months, 
the person you met online says, hey, I'm moving to California. For all you know, shit, this guy could be a freaking mass murderer or whatever. <laughs> You're about to embark on a journey across the country. But I mean, it was it was amazing, man. We landed in Sausalito and the most beautiful freaking place in the States is my as far as I'm concerned outside of Tahoe and Colorado, I guess, but different beauties. Um, and we we made some incredible friends out there. And, and of course, there were some conversations, you know, as we got further in, into our relationship, which every couple goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was the rock, man. She was she was just ready, you know? Yeah, it was amazing. Ain't nothing like just taking that step and just kind of seeing where it goes, you know? No. But, I mean, on that note of communication, man, like, it's it's so important to, to also think about this from a friend's perspective, too. As far as I'm concerned, a friendship can also be a marriage in that, like, there are so many aspects of, of marriage and friendship and great friendship that share the similar, that share similar properties. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, my very close friends, your very close friends, you guys have very, very open and honest conversations about how you're feeling. Yeah. And you have to. Yeah. Because, I mean, doesn't benefit anybody. Doesn't. Keep it all in. That's right. And you're hurting them by keeping things in. Yeah. You know? And and the reason why I say it like that is because not everybody's going to be married that's listening to this, but there's like, you know, there's the the idea of like, Communication's key. I mean, like, if you, how are you, how is your partner supposed to know? And Rachel struggles with communication, right? Like, this is something, I'm sorry, babe, if you're listening to this, but like, there's certain things about, you know, um, how I struggle with, with, with my words. Rach can struggle with communicating how she feels because she's afraid that maybe it'll hurt my feelings, right? Yeah. And partially, if you reflect on that and you look at it, it's also how we receive the feedback. We talked yeah. about that for some episode. It, it can also come across where like, maybe she doesn't want to give the feedback to me because she knows that I would take it the wrong way, right? There's that too. But she has gotten so much better with like, hey, look, like, you know, excuse my language, fuck it. I'm going to still say this to him because I care. Yep. You know? So anyway, take take that with, with, with what you will, but that is a very big part of, of a, a marriage, of a relationship, is that yeah. communicating piece. Yeah, I feel like marriage... When well, not even just marriage, um, but in regards to communication, I feel like the reason why it's so important in relationships and in marriage is that it builds trust. Yes, respect. Yep. You know, yep. two vital things. Um, but even when you look past that, it builds that emotional connection. Yeah. You know, where you're able to be completely upfront and honest with a person that you chose to love and that that person chose to love you back. Yeah. So you owe it to them to be open. Sometimes. Yeah. You know, that could be easier said than done. Very much. And I think too, like if you ever struggle with communication, which I know I'm sure a good majority of our listeners are going to. Yeah. um, Because everybody does is it's good to, to talk it out with your partner or your best friends. Um, I love how we're taking this and curtailing it to an actual relationship as a friend now. But like, it's true, right? Like you and I had have these conversations of like, hey, like, you know, I'm laying myself on the line here. Like, I know maybe I fucked up. Help me understand how I might have fucked up. Yeah. You know, and like, I'm now opening my chest. Like, this is everything I got. Yeah. You know, I'm vulnerable right now. Help me. Yeah. With with your words. And I remember somebody said this a long time ago is sometimes 
both of your words together create a shield for each other mm. in and around your nucleus, right? In that the more communication you build with the bigger trust wall that you build for each other, not against, but for, becomes a, a, a shelter for you both in that, hey, I know I can talk to this person. No matter the material or the case, no matter how it comes out of my mouth, I know I can talk to them and they'll understand me without me having to explain it or be afraid of saying it. Now, that's not saying don't be a freaking asshole and say stupid shit because you should still be a real person and, and like a beautiful person and not a jerk about how you say it. And this goes both sides. Yeah. But like open it. And you know what I mean? Like being able to express what you're saying, whether you know it's going to be hard to talk about or not, it helps, like you just said, builds that trust. It builds that foundation that shield for the both of you to live in, that nucleus of, of like, hey, we're building something beautiful together. Help me be vulnerable with you. Yeah. You know, and allow me to do that. Yeah, and I think, too, just in life general, when you think about all the things you go through, the hard stuff. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm talking about specifically. And the people that are going to be listening to this have probably gone through some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. You know, which hopefully our episodes leading up to now have helped them or is helping them. Um, But when you think about when you're in a relationship, when you're in a marriage as what we're talking about now, and you think about some of the hard stuff that you may go through personally, you know, the reason why it's important to communicate is because if you're going through something hard, then the person you are with can help you solve it. Yeah. You know, you always hear two minds are better than one. And I, I don't know about our listeners, but I would much rather have someone help me through the heavy stuff. Very much so. Very much so. As you were, as you were saying that, I had to look something up. And we talked about this earlier, which also, by the way, listeners, if you've made it this far, um, we're going to let you in a little secret. We're going to have Mel and Rach on a podcast as well to get a, a, a woman's perspective on this. Or, you know, if your partner is not a woman, you know, be able to get another person's perspective on this. And um, I will say we talked about this earlier today, but I think this is important to also plug setting unrealistic expectations for both yourself and your partner makes communicating that much harder. Mm. So yeah. like, and that, I just, I had to look it up for a second because that is by far the, one of the, oh, I'm not gonna say by far the biggest, but one of the largest issues in relationships before communication is unrealistic expectations. Mm. We talked a little bit about this today. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like for the person you're with, it's unfair to them. Yeah. You know, Um Whereas, I mean, we struggle with that, yeah. you know, for various expectations. You know, it wasn't fair to her that I was expecting certain things, yeah. you know, whereas, you know, over time, it got better with kind of taking some of those expectations out of there. Because still, at the end of the day, you're still two separate people. Very much. That are being joined as one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about when you first got married. What was the toughest thing? For our listeners that might be going through it, might be um, thinking about getting married, might have just gotten married. 
you know, what are, what is the toughest thing that you remember? I'm going to out myself on this one. So, um, the biggest and hardest piece for me was being there more for Rachel. And I should have been there more emotionally when mm. before we were getting married about all of the setup for the wedding, right? The stuff before the wedding. Some of it, to me, I was also going through some stuff at work around the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was elsewhere mentally, which we talked about that two podcasts ago. Um, if I have any advice for somebody going through or getting ready to go through with a wedding or a marriage, whether it's at a courthouse or whatever, making, making yourself as available as you possibly can be emotionally, mentally, physically, and also being ready and willing to help them with whatever piece of the puzzle that needs to be put together on. <clears throat> That's one thing I wish I was, I was there for her more was like the small stuff. Uh, so the pre-wedding stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and during, right? Like she mentioned to me she wanted to be joined at the hip during the wedding. Now that's really hard. For anybody who's ever been through a wedding or whatever, that is very hard. It is hard because you've got both families there. You got to do photos. You've got to go through all this stuff, right? But one thing that I will say I did well was, was, was do that. But the... The during, before, and the after pieces of it is like, how can I be there for you and be present with you? Mm-hmm. No matter all the bullshit that's going on in your life, like there's always going to be that side of things. And we're going to talk about more of this, I think, probably in the next episode. But like, you're always going to have an excuse as to why you can't do something. There's going to be stuff in your life, kids, uh, maybe maybe a family member passed or you've got a job issue or something, right? There's always going to be something that's going to bring you away from that moment. But in, 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 in your partner's life, that, that marital piece of, of having a wedding or whether it's small, large, extravagant, whatever it might be, is always a dream, right? And like, that was where I think I might have messed up a little bit is like I could have made myself more available and done more yeah not not monetarily but like mentally supporting being more of a premaritable for whatever you want to call it hubby right Mm. um so that's my advice is like hey like be proactive on that side of things like this is not just for him or her but like this is this is for the two of you and you have to be there for each other yeah no, that's good. I hope that wasn't too much of a rant. No, that was good. So speaking from someone that was at the wedding, yep. I was a plus one of the bridal court. Um, You're? I feel like you did a good job. You know? Yeah. I personally know the things that you were going through during that time. Yeah. But I feel like you handled that and the process of getting married itself um, really well. So I know it was huge weight. Yeah on your shoulders not only yours but Rachel's right you know yeah. um, which she did fantastic she job it. you know yeah. uh, well she was the bride so all she had to do was really just be there yeah God, um, she looked beautiful holy moly so she always does but man yeah not that was in the wedding so you're for our listeners you're you're saying more so be present yeah be present in the moment we talked a lot about that a few yeah. episodes ago yeah 
and it could not. And this is like part of the reason why, like having this realization, not just today, but like in the past couple of months is like, it's important to be there mm. and present. Yeah. Not only physically, but yeah. emotionally. That's because the biggest thing too. Before you know it, it's gone. Yeah. Before you know it, that time, father time don't stand for nobody. He don't. So he definitely does not. Let's what, talk about let's talk about the different stresses. Yeah, I was about to marriage. say this is a perfect segue into that. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. different stresses of marriage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to put this one on you to start because I oh, think. No. Yeah, I mean, dude, you handle it so much better than me. Nah, just fake it. No, no fake, fake it, it to make, make it. it. Jinx, you owe me coke. Um, dude, but like, look. Okay, so the reason why I want to put this on Mike, and I'll preface this because, and this episode might be a little bit longer than others. Uh, but for good reason. So for you, um, I don't want to say what was the biggest stressor, but like what were some of the biggest pieces of your marriage along the timeline as a whole that put stress onto you both? Um, so of course, the without really getting into it, the biggest thing right out of the gate was going to be the joining of finances. Ooh, damn. Okay. Yeah. That could be a discussion and topic at another point in time. We're going to do that in episode two. Or yeah. we'll, we'll part two of this marriage discussion. Yeah. But that'd be the biggest one. Mm. You know, her money. Yeah. My money. Yep. Is now our money. Yep. Whereas a lot of people are different, even after they get married. Sure. They're still your money. They're still my money. Two separate accounts. Yep. Um, whereas when we got married, joint accounts, yeah, right, everything's joint. Um, so that's that was always the biggest thing. Um, and then when you drop a kid into that, yeah, not not just one, not just one, but then eventually two, yeah. Um, then Moving. there's then there's always going to be talk about money, yeah, right. Um, again, that'll be discussion for another time, yeah. Um, so I would say it was that. Um, but then also the communication aspect. Yeah. You know, I would say it's very dangerous mm. to pour your feelings into somebody that's not your spouse. Yeah. Or that is not whoever you were with at the point. So um, that could just, it, could, it can cause it just a mess. Right. Yeah. My stomach's growling for all those that, that are listening. If you heard that, so I apologize. Um, but I would say the throughout the, the ups and downs of marriage, the part that drew us closer to each other um, was probably six years ago. When six, seven years ago, um, when my sister passed away. Damn. We're also going to have an episode on this because we both share this. Yeah. Not quite as... Uh, we talked a little bit about it, but anyway, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So when she passed away, it was really unexpectedly... Yeah. Um, just love you, love you, Walls. Yeah. Walls went up. It was the way... I think my emotional side was protecting me. Yeah. Um, just walls from everybody. Yeah. From the kids, from her... And it was really crazy because when I try to look back and to what I was thinking during that time, I almost can't. Yeah. Um, as if that is like almost 
blacked out. It was a I section really, in time that was very... It was dark and it was, it was hard, hard to yeah. navigate through because I wanted to navigate it myself. Yeah. Um, Did you almost feel like you would have been a burden had you brought somebody in or was it more of like, a, I have to do this by myself? No, I feel like it was that. I feel like I had to do it by myself. Yeah. Um, it was never, you know, a thing where I thought, I don't want to put this on them because really in my mind, they signed up for this. Right. You know, whereas the kids were, they were born into this, right? They don't get a choice. <laughs> yeah. But it was more so whereas like, <laughs> I had to go through it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so that was, I th- man, I think it lasted like a year. Like it was tough. tough. Yeah. Um, but having gone through that, we're significantly closer. Right. Because of that. You both shared something dark as heck, man. Yeah. That's when, that's when times test for yeah. sure. Yeah. The waters were definitely rising then. Your timelines were, were and and from an outsider's perspective, you guys went through it, you know? And, and, and it's just, that's why I wanted to put this one on you first because yeah. I think your story's beautiful, you know? And like, that, I mean, that's kind of the question that I, that I wanted to pose to you more so from the start was like, you know, the stressors of, of, of monetary of life of things happening in the timeline that can really put stress on people's lives. Like you guys went through a lot of those check boxes. Yeah. A lot of them, man. Yeah. <laughs> like you hear about the, Hey, be careful. This is what can happen. You guys need to be together on this. You have to stay together. It's like, you guys checked a lot of those boxes, man. Yeah. It's important to be on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think like too, it's, it's, you know, if you had one, if you had one thing that you'd say to the audience for 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 that, because I know everybody's going through something, what would you say was like the best thing that came out of, or like how did you navigate it together through that time? Yeah, uh, when I decided to let her in. Nice. Yeah. We don't have to talk specifics, but like, what was that turning point for you? Um, I think I just got to the end of the line. Yeah. Really. Um, what I was going through was, you know, keeping everybody at an arm's length. Yeah. Um, the people that wanted to care for me, the people that loved me. Yeah. I think it was just a realization that I was like, I can't try to go through it alone. You can't carry it. You know, it was, it was just putting such, such a, I don't know, a hole in just the marriage itself. Yeah. Where I was like, man, it got to really a point to just this is what I have to do or I'm going to lose it all. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realized I can't do that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. We we did also talk a little bit about this before about carrying weight and being really hard on yourself and like how to sometimes take it easy on yourself. This is a time of that, right? Like when you guys were like, hey, look, like I need to carry this my own. I need to carry this weight. I need to hike this mountain with all this weight. You were you were putting that on yourself mm-hmm. when you had somebody there willing and wanting to help. Yeah, and that's the key thing. She was more than willing. Yeah, she was. And like that's also the thing too, right? Like I think more often times than, than, than not, we don't see that because we, we are so focused on 
the negative moment. And that's a really big negative moment that you went through. I mean, that's darker than a lot, yeah. right? Like people go through some shit that's on the darker side. But like you, you, you realized it's time. I have to, I have to reach, I have to reach the doorknob and let Mel in. Yeah. Because that's what this is about. Yeah. Plus it really was one unfair to her. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, that's the communication and the stressor together, you know? Um, No, for sure it was. Yeah. I mean, Rachel, Rachel's going to talk about this more in part two, but she lost her mother, right? Years before I'd not, not too many years before, but a few years before I met her. And there were a lot of things about Rachel that I could tell was the walls were damaged, but they were there Mm -hmm. because of it. And, you know, having lost my brother, not quite as, uh, I mean, I don't want to say that it wasn't as, as hard. I was young, I was very young, so I didn't have a chance to, it didn't, it didn't affect me as much as it would have if I was an adult and it had happened because I wasn't all, like, as a kid, you're six, right? Like, how much of that, you still feel it, right? To this day, I still feel it a lot. But, like, you know, would it have happened when I was 20? Would it have happened when I was 25? It would have been a different hurt. Mm. Not to disregard it at all because I don't want it to sound like that. I'm just trying to make a comparison of like, you know, hey, different hurt. Um, but there were those walls there. But I yeah. feel like, you know, having the communications side of things to where we are today, those walls have been broken, you know, and Rachel let me in. And, you know, that that's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I think... I think all in all, how do you feel about stopping here? Yeah, and no, leaving is good. We'll part continue two on the part two. Awesome. Yeah. And there's going to be some awesome features yeah. over the next couple of weeks. My buddy Justin's going to come on here and talk a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm so excited about that. And for those that don't know who Justin is, he is one of my closest friends um, and a beautiful person, amazing musician. Um, him and his wife are beautiful people, and they were actually just here. Uh, we're going to have him on the show. We're going to have Nick on the show. Uh, but, you know, more importantly, to segue to this particular show for part two, Melanie and Rachel will be joining us. Yep. So look out for that. They will be the stars of the show. Yes, they will. I'm excited. Yep. But continue to like. Yes. Um, whether you're listening on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah. Continue to like it. Continue to share. Uh, throw some ratings out there. Comment. Yes. Um, we love the feedback. Yep. Um, shoot us an email, yep. the smackcast at gmail.com. Yay. So we can communicate with you, especially if this topic resonated um, and you just want to talk further before part two comes out. Yeah. Um, Everything is very much anonymous. Yep. Um, and we love to communicate with you guys. And we are no means, we are by no means a, a, a marriage counselor at all or a None. life counselor, but right. we are ears that have been through stuff and right. we can absolutely be that ear for you if you'd like as well yeah. and, and, and walk you through a journey as much as we possibly can. Yeah. You can never use, you know, enough lifelines. Yeah. I agree. Well, reach out. you all are beautiful, amazing, amazing human beings. And we thank you so, so much for listening. We are the smack casters. Yep. Thank you for tuning into episode seven. Justin and Mike. Let's love go. Y'all. We love y'all. Peace. Later. Later.